So we're doing, this weekend we had an um, intro retreat, so I thought I would just say quickly about um, the lecture verse for our intro retreat guests that at the um, beginning of uh, some formal Dharma talks, we do the lecture verse, which is um, kind of a way that we um, open our hearts and sit up with a bright mind. So um, for those of you who know it, you know you can join in and recite it. And for those of you who don't know it, just listen and uh, attentively. So, The unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect truth is seldom met with, even in a hundred thousand myriad kalpas. Now we can see and hear it. We can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth one with myself. Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha. So, one of the teachings of um, Buddhism and uh, Zen Buddhism, I think, um, although I'm certainly not an expert at all of the other schools, so they may emphasize this teaching in their own way too, but um, there is a teaching that we all have an intuitive understanding of Buddha nature and that we are all already Buddha. And um, so I'm sorry to have to break it to you, but you are already a Buddha. (laughs) Um, And so I've got some stories and imagery to talk about that, um, to try and make that easier to chew on. Um, Kung Fu Panda is a movie that I dearly love. And, um, and uh, because uh, usually when people talk about books that they like, they'll talk about the author. So I thought it would be appropriate to say that Kung Fu Panda is directed by Mark Osborne and John Stevenson, and written by, and I don't know, I hope I pronounced these last names correctly, but Jonathan Abel, Glenn Berger, and Ethan Reef, or Rafe, maybe. And um, for those of you who've seen it, it's just a great movie. And for those who haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil, I'm going to spoil a couple parts, um, but I won't spoil, um, it's worth watching anyway. So a quick um, overview uh, for those who haven't seen it. So Poe, the main character who is a panda, and all of the characters are animals, right? Um, And they live in the Valley of Peace. Uh, Poe is revealed to be the dragon warrior. Okay, it's a kung fu, obviously, a kung fu movie. Uh, But nobody, especially him, thinks that this is true. He keeps training because he really loves Kung Fu and says he will never quit. But when things get hard, um, when the antagonist, uh, Tai Lung, who is uh, another Kung Fu master who went crazy and got put into prison, 
uh, Tai Lung escapes from prison intent on hunting down Po and claiming the dragon warrior title for himself. All the dragon warrior lore centers around a secret scroll that only the dragon warrior is supposed to see. And it is said that from this scroll, um, he will gain his special powers. And in the end, Poe trains hard and his teacher gives him the scroll. Yeah, thanks. Um, But upon looking at the scroll, Poe discovers that it is blank. Poe, his teacher, and his fellow warriors are all confused when they learn that the scroll is blank. And nothing seeming, seemingly nothing happens, right? So not knowing what to do, um, the warriors seek to evacuate the village to save everyone from the incoming menace that is Tai Lung. While evacuating... Poe is talking with his father, who owns a noodle shop, and is famous for his secret ingredient soup. And um, since Poe feels badly about failing to be the dragon warrior and defeat Tai Lung, his father tries to cheer him up by letting him in on the secret for his secret ingredient soup, revealing that there is, in fact, No secret ingredient. (laughs) And he says, in order to make something special, you simply have to believe it's special. This shocks Poe, and he suddenly understands what the dragon scroll is trying to show him. He opens the scroll and looks again, seeing that although the scroll is indeed blank, It is a shiny metallic surface that acts as a mirror. And Poe sees himself within the scroll. And he understands that he doesn't need special powers. He always has had everything he needed. So that is pretty much all you need to know. (laughs) And... And for us, in training, um, that is what we are doing. Um, When we sit in meditation, well, before I go there, first, my mind tends to work that it's hard for me to write things like this because it starts It's like there's a door at the end of the hallway. This is how I was imagining it this morning. There's a door at the end of the hallway, and it's like, just go through that door. But then it's lined with all these other doors, and it's like, but I have to look in these other doors too, right? So so there's so many tangents and threads you can start to pull on. For example, okay, so are we just in this, sorry, mass delusion? I always swear I would never do that. Um, Are we all in this mass delusion? Okay, are we just sitting here trying to say that, you know, you don't have to be special, you just have to believe that you're special, you know, there is no Buddha, you just have to believe you're a Buddha, like, is this, is that what we're talking about? Um, Yes and no. Um, There is special and then there's not special, right? There's profound and there's not profound, there's enlightenment and there is no enlightenment, okay? 
So for anyone who hears this idea about in order to make something special, you simply have to believe that it's special. Um, study the scripture of great wisdom because that's what the scripture of great wisdom is pointing towards. Um, it is all very special and very profound, and at the same time, it's not special and it's not profound. There is no enlightenment. So, but again, that's a whole. That's a whole nother, Could be a whole nother talk in and of itself. Um, so when we sit in meditation, we're looking at the wall, and or we're not. We're looking at the wall, but we're not looking at the wall. Um, we're looking at the mirror. Okay. Um, we're looking at the dragon scroll, so to speak, to use that metaphor. And it takes a long time to really realize this for yourself, but uh, often people don't, takes us a long time to understand what am I supposed to be doing in meditation? Well, you're not supposed to really be doing anything. You're just sitting there and looking. You know, well, what am I looking at? Well, you're looking into the dragon scroll, you know, and we have all these expectations about enlightenment, you know, and, you know, what meditation is. Well, I can't become enlightened until I drop into profound, deep samadhi, and I can't become enlightened until I can read minds and fly and, you know, and I can go three weeks. I mean, it was funny in the movie in Kung Fu Panda, you know, one of the characters says, uh, you know, it's said that the dragon warrior can live on nothing but a, you know, what is it, like a ginkgo, the dew of a single ginkgo leaf and the, and the energy of the universe. And Poe says, well, yeah, I guess my body doesn't know it's a dragon warrior yet because <laughs> he's this big, you know, fat panda. Um, but Tigress, this other character who says that to him, is stuck in this ideal about what she thinks the dragon warrior is supposed to be, Right? So what ideals are we stuck in that we think that we have to accomplish before we can become a Buddha, right? So and what does it mean to become enlightened? Um, are we not enlightened now? Are we going to become enlightened? If we're not enlightened now, where did our enlightenment go? If, we, if enlightenment is a fundamental truth, how did we lose it? How do you lose something that is fundamentally part of the universe, that's fundamentally part of you? When I was training with River Master Oswin, my teacher in Eugene, um, there was a time when he told me that you're not going to get another mind. You don't get another mind, okay? I think maybe one idea is that you become enlightened, and I don't know what, like you become this other enlightened person or something like that. You know, I think the idea being you're going to get this other mind that isn't this mind that craves things and gets angry and grouchy and whatever, right? That we're just going to be gifted this other thing. But actually, you don't get another mind. There is only this mind, okay? You already have it. Um, and the Buddha talks about this. Um, so I'm going to read from the Udana scripture, which is a very famous, um, a lot of people quote this. But the Buddha said, 
There is a not born, a not brought to being, a not made, a not conditioned. If there were no, if there were no not born, not brought to being, not made, not conditioned, no escape would be discerned from what is born, brought to be, made, conditioned. But since there is a not born, a not brought to being, a not made, a not conditioned, therefore an escape is discerned from what is born, brought to being, made, conditioned. So, I like the word unconditioned. That's the word I, I tend to use. But you can use whatever word that you want, and other religions call it God. But it's, it's not... Um, You know, the Buddhists tend to talk about what it's not rather than what it is because the second you try and say what it is, you start putting a, a condition on it. You start putting it in a box, a box that can be forgotten or taken from you or whatever. So you leave it boxless. You leave it unconditioned. You just let it be what it is and you don't have to figure out what it is. It's not important what it is. You have it. You are it. And just don't fall into, I was talking to someone yesterday about a paradox, you know, it's don't try and try and figure out the riddle. Don't try and figure out the paradox. What is it? Just let it go. Just let it be there. Okay? You don't have to figure it out to, to know it and express it and live it. Okay? Um, so this unconditioned, okay, Dogen liked to point out that we don't have it, we are it, okay? Because who is there to have it and what is there to have, right? You create a duality there. So you have to bring things together. Don't try and pull things apart. Um, so in Zen literature, um, the mind is often likened to a mirror. And a mirror can become dirty and dusty and grimy, but it is still always a mirror. Uh, just its ability to reflect becomes obscured. Okay? So, part of our training is to clean the mirror. But we must not forget that there is no secret ingredient. Okay? Um, we're not getting something different. We are revealing what has always been present. And again, we all have an intuitive understanding of Buddha nature. Um, why did you all come for this introductory retreat? Why are we all here? What are we doing? You know, what do we think we're doing here? It's because something knows uh, and something never forgets, and something never gets distracted. And you have to train and learn how to sit with that because it's not something that the world necessarily teaches us to do. We are actually 
usually running around trying to distract ourselves, maybe unconsciously, from that idea that there is something within us, something that we are a part of, that doesn't fall asleep, that has never gone to sleep. And when we encounter the world, you know, in quotes, right? Um, and actually, I'll just, a quick t side tangent that um, I read something really useful, um, and I can't quote exactly where I read it, so I apologize because I didn't realize I was going to say this, but that when people say the world, this monk was, was talking about the world is not just the world like Earth, right? It's the world of our experience. When people say the world, it's the world of our experience, okay? And specifically, the world of our experience within delusion. When we don't know how to train, when we are just following our desires, um, you know, our senses ping, and it's like, okay, now I'm going to go this way, right? So... So we, that can be a kind of a difficult thing to sit still with and, and to live with, this, this, this sense that there's something more going on. And we can distract ourselves, you know, what do I even do with that? What do I even do with that feeling? So you just find something to take the edge off, right? It could be alcohol, it could be television, it could be computers, it could be whatever. And just something to kind of get the mind not so focused on that because often it's difficult to figure out what do I do with it, right? Well, that's where the meditation comes in, right? You just sit there. Um, now, I'm not going to go into karma, but uh, part of this has to do with karma. So karma is um, habit energy. It is um, cause and effect. And I think, in my opinion, that's the thing that the West needs to learn first, um, or one of the first lessons. We need, we need a, a real hard look at cause and effect, not just on the physical plane, but in the spiritual, ethical, moral realm. Um, and we need to realize that our actions, our thoughts, our words have consequences and that we actually have to be careful with those things, how we interact with reality. And so that's all to say the mirror, okay? Um, the mirror does need cleaning, but don't fall into the delusion that... Um, that the mirror is not there inherently already pure, okay? And to try and elucidate that idea, another one of my favorite stories is Daikon Eno, um, who was the sixth Chinese patriarch. And um, so he was very famously uh, a lay person who was training at a temple. He was illiterate. And um, when the master of that temple wanted to pass the reins on to the next generation, he had um, 
all of the monks uh, write a poem to express their understanding. And so Shen Shu was the monk that everyone expected was going to, you know, inherit the the title of teacher in that monastery. But he was too afraid to tell the master his own poem. So he wrote it on a wall. And Shen Shu's poem went, Our mind is like a Bodhi tree, our mind like a dressing stand with its clear mirror. Time upon time, let us strive to wipe it clean and let not dust or dirt abide thereon. Okay, so clean, right? We've got to clean. And the master saw that and he said, yeah, that's good. Like it's not everything, but that's good. If, if future generations follow that teaching, we will be just fine. Like that's good. So Daikaneno heard someone reciting that poem and thought, well, that's not exactly quite right. So he had someone write on the wall next to it his own poem, which reads, Bodhi is truly not a tree, nor is the clear mirror a mirrored dressing stand. From the first, not a single thing exists, so from where is dust or dirt to arise? So, both of these are true, but um, you'll have to read Daikon Eno's story. I won't necessarily go into that, but the master, you know, is like, whoa, okay. And, um, you know, what Shenshu is pointing towards is the cleansing of karma, which we need to do. But what Daikon Eno was pointing towards is do not forget that it's pure from the beginning, that, that what, you, what you have, what you are, is void, unstained, and pure from the very first, okay? So there is no secret ingredient, right? It's just us. Um, we confuse this um, by the ideals that we get involved with. Okay, so in the Sandokai, it says, here born we clutch at things and then compound delusion later on by following ideals. We compound um, the problem or the, you know, our, we make a non-problem into a problem by thinking that there's, again, this ideal, like a Buddha has to look like this. You know, it has to be this way. Um, you know, Poe had to, if someone had told Poe at the beginning that it was just him, what would he have done with that information? It wouldn't have made any sense, right? He wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to um, accept that or, or maybe even defeat Tai Lung. But he, it's like we all have to go through this journey to come back to the place that we start from, which is um, 
I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you say that, that we're, well, I have another story. <laughs> so, in the Shobo Genzo by great master Dogen, um, there's a story that I love. Um, so, Dogen is kind of having a conversation with himself, probably questions he was actually asked before. And someone is saying, you know, someone. Well, someone's essentially asking, if you're already Buddha, why do we have to train? Why do we have to, what is it that we're doing? What am I here to try and figure out? Okay. So Dogen tells this story. Long ago, there was a monk in medita meditation master Hogan's monastic community named Gensoku, who was a subordinate under the temple's administrative director. Master Hogan asked him, Director Gensoku, how long have you been in our community? Gensoku replied, why, I've been in the community for three years now. The master asked, as you are still a junior monk, why have you never asked me about the Buddha Dharma? Okay, so here's this novice monk who's never asked the abbot a Dharma question, right? And Gensoku replied, I will not lie, your reverence. Previously, when I was with meditation master Seho, I fully reached the place of joyful ease in the Buddha Dharma. <laughs> when I was reading this, I was imagining to myself him saying, yeah, abbot, I didn't want to say anything before, but I'm kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> and the master's kind of like, oh, okay. The master said, and what was said that gained you entry into this place? Gensoku said, I once asked Seho what the true self of a novice is. And Seho replied, here comes the hearth god looking for the fire. And there's a, um, a footnote that says the hearth god was a nickname for a temple boy who attended to lighting the lamps. Hogan responded, nicely put, but I'm afraid you may not have understood it. Gensoku said, a hearth god is associated with fire. So I understand it to mean that just as fire is being used to seek for fire, so the true self is what is used to seek for the true self. Okay, so it's like Buddha seeking Buddha is another way you could say that. The master said, just as I have suspected, you have not understood. If this is what the Buddha Dharma was like, it is unlikely that it would have, con it, it is unlikely that it would have continued on being transmitted down to the present day. Gensoku was so distressed at this that he left the monastery. So he gets all huffy and 
storms off, thinking this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't understand how great I am. Doesn't he understand how great I am? <laughs> While on the road, he thought to himself, in this country, the master is known as a fine and learned, learned monastic teacher and as a great spiritual leader and guide for 500 monks. Since he has chided me for having gone wrong, he must undoubtedly have a point. So good for him. So he returned to his master, respectfully bowed in apology, and said, What is the true self of a novice? The master replied, Here comes the hearth god looking for the fire. <laughs> now, if you read this, if you actually saw the words, Reverend Master Hubert, who translated this, this is from his translation. Well, let me just finish saying, Upon hearing these words, Gensoku awoke fully to the Buddha Dharma. So, um, if you saw, if you, if you actually saw the words, when Gensoku said to the teacher in the beginning, here comes the hearth god looking for the fire. Fire is lowercase. That's how Reverend Master Hubert gets us to see this very subtle little shift here. When the master, when, when Gensoku asks the master humbly, well, what is the true self of a novice? And the master says essentially the same thing back to him. The fire is capitalized. It's a capital F. Okay, um, so what does this mean? So this is uh, Dogen. It is quite clear from this that an intellectual understanding of one's, of one's very self is Buddha is insufficient grounds for saying that you have understood the Buddha Dharma. Okay, if an intellectual understanding of one's very self is Buddha, were what Buddha Dharma is, the master, based on what has previously been said, would not have had to offer guidance or admonish his disciples in the manner that he did. So, Gensoku knew intellectually what the answer was, but he didn't actually know for himself what the answer was, okay? If Poe had been told that he was the dragon warrior, like it would not have necessarily meant anything, okay? His insight into realizing that he had everything that he needed to be able to defeat Tai Lung, that had to come from this journey to be able to, you know, that he thought he needed to get something. Um, So Dogen says in other places that training and enlightenment are one. Um, we are learning how to express Buddha, okay? Not become Buddha, right? You can't become something that you already are. 
And like that story about the hearth god looking for the fire, we, cannot just under, we can't just have an intellectual understanding. We have to know it for ourselves that that is true. And the way that we know it for ourselves is to do the practice, okay? Um, and maybe that's a leap of faith. You know, maybe that's one part of what it, faith means in Buddhism, is the faith to, to sit still in your sitting place and to look into the mirror and to just see maybe all of the good things that you see and all the bad things that you see. But to know that you actually have what you need, okay? And sitting still within that place of, you know, knowing Buddha, in quotes, um, or expressing Buddha, in quotes, we learn to live our lives from that place. Okay, and the practice is the vehicle. It's kind of the tools that we use um, to help shape our daily life and teach us how to think and speak and act like a Buddha. Okay, because back to quickly the idea of karma, the habit energy when we when we um, make an action or an intention that is um, setting a direction that is easier to go in in the future. And if we are not careful, we can set a pretty nasty direction, okay, that causes a lot of harm. And we perhaps have already set some of those directions in motion, and when we learn to practice and sit in meditation, we are redirecting that energy, okay? So it takes time, and there is a work there that we are doing. Okay, there is a cleaning of the mirror, but again, it can be easy to... Don't let yourself think, then, that there's something that you don't have. There's something that you have to get. Uh, if that, if any of this makes <laughs> is making sense, um, in the end credits of the movie, I've always loved that. There's all these images um, of Poe showing all the villagers the dragon scroll. So he's just sitting there holding it open. And all the villagers are like looking into the dragon scroll. And you can imagine him trying to tell everybody, you know, that it's just you, right? You know, he's not special necessarily. You know, you're not special, but we are special. Um, and, but just as the hearth god looking for the fire, there is something about um, this journey that we have to travel on and, and sit down and start from a place that we're, we're almost never leaving and, and yet returning to. Um, but it's a, it's a knowing that um, deepens over time with practice um, 
but is never anything different. So raise your hand if you still need to be convinced. Okay. No hands. Good. Thank you. I hope that was, uh, I hope that helped. Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha.